Welcome to America Can We Talk. I'm Debbie Georgiatis. Today on America Can We Talk, we're going to talk about Martin Luther King was a conservative, America waking up or going extreme, race and the real America, and Virginia shows what leadership looks like. And of course, I'll tell you why these stories matter to you. Stay tuned. On America Can We Talk, I talk about election integrity, border security, healthcare freedom, race relations, energy and tax policy, education policy, free speech and assembly, freedom of religion, and all other issues that touch on the God-given right of every American to life, liberty, and the pursuit of their version of happiness. Stay tuned. time I have the honor to present to you the moral leader of our nation. I have the pleasure to present to you Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. In a sense we've come to our nation's capital to cash a check. When the architects of our republic wrote the magnificent words of the Constitution and the Declaration of Independence. They were signing a promissory note to which every American was to fall heir. This note was a promise that all men, yes, black men as well as white men, would be guaranteed the unalienable rights of life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. Now is the time to make real the promises of democracy. Now is the time to rise from the dark and desolate valley of segregation to the sunlit path of racial justice. Now is the time to lift our nation from the quicksands of racial injustice to the solid rock of brotherhood. Now is the time to make justice a reality for all of God's children. This will be the day when all of God's children will be able to sing with new meaning, my country tears of thee. Sweet land of liberty of thee I sing. Land where my fathers died, land of the pilgrim's pride. From every mountainside, let freedom ring. And if America is to be a great nation. I got to tell you, folks, I wanted to start our show today, Martin Luther King Day, by playing that clip. And the reason I wanted to do that is right now here in 2022, we have an ongoing, pretty much endless battle over whether conservatives, the the adding what like say Republican Party but conservatives the Patriots are the real people who are following Martin Luther King's dream or is it the anti-American left which claims to be the heirs of Martin Luther King's uh, battle against segregation and the answer is I'm going to talk about saying this first five Martin Luther King was a conservative you just heard the remarks he was making that we just played. That is his famous speech where he went into, I have a dream, and everyone hears that so often. I didn't choose that clip to be played today. But this idea that Martin Luther King was standing up for, as you heard him in those, that same speech where he talked about having a dream, he talked about the Declaration of Independence, he talked about unity and brotherhood. He used those expressions in his life, in his leadership, uh, of the civil rights movement in America in the 1960s. His language was all about finding common ground, finding understanding, 
finding equality of opportunity, he was rightfully in that speech uh, talking about the unfairness in America that at that time there was segregation in the South, there was segregation in education and public accommodations. And uh, he did, it was, a, I mean, I really urge you to listen to his whole speech, if you can, on this Martin Luther King Day. But he's getting at the idea that there was just profoundly unjust, rampant discrimination, racial hatred, and segregation. His answer was not to elevate black Americans over white Americans. His, his answer was not to divide the races. He just worked tirelessly for unity. He, he, the thing he was striving for was unity, understanding. It was not what the anti-American left does today. A few other things about Martin Luther King when I say he was conservative. Wonderful quotes from him. In fact, they're up at our website today, americacanbetalk.org. At our website, uh, we have, uh, these are actually excerpts from Martin Luther King's letter. He wrote a letter from a Birmingham jail. He refers to the Apostle Paul, you know, the New Testament Apostle Paul. Uh, and he talked to him having left the village of Tarsus and carried the gospel of Jesus Christ to the far corners of the greco Greco Roman world. And he went on to say, so I, am I compelled to carry the gospel of freedom? I'm going to put a comma there. Name me one Democrat in this country in leadership, certainly one person in the leadership of the anti-American radical left, anyone in the leadership of the CRT movement, of the leadership that's pushing the idea of racial segregation, is pushing the idea of having of, of, um, white you know, white privilege being ruled out of society and getting rid of whiteness in America. Name anyone in the leadership of the radical left who ever talks about the gospel of freedom. And you, you can't because there isn't one. Martin Luther King's legacy, which we are, he was a, a, a historically, a profoundly historic figure in America. I mean, truly belongs in the, in the you know, short list of truly great Americans of all time because he did lead the civil rights movement at a time when America was not honoring the founding promise, was not honoring the idea of all men created equal, and he referred back, he exalted the language of the Declaration of Independence, the language of the Constitution. He praised it, he exalted it, he just, he screamed it from the rooftops, this whole idea that we are a nation founded on freedom. He went on another great quote of his, um, so I have many quotes by Martin Luther King. They may not do them all. But the point I want to drive at is what Martin Luther King was striving for, what he was advocating for, was freedom for all, lifting the chains of injustice, the chains of discrimination. Yes, he was pushing that. He was not pushing for what the anti-American radical Marxist left is now pushing for, which is critical race theory, which is, which is utterly determined to permanently divide America along the lines of race, to treat people, to, to uh, designate them by skin color as to who they are, what they think, what they believe, what their stature is in America. Critical race theory says if you are born with black skin, you're a victim and you're a permanent victim. That's the only status you can ever have in America. And if you're born with white skin, you're an oppressor. And that's the only status you can ever have in America. That is the point of critical race theory. It is to permanently divide. It is utterly opposed to what Martin Luther, Martin Luther King stood for. Um, other great quotes, he praised a civil disobedience. Uh, he talked about Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. As you uh, likely know, if you listen to my show, they were, they were the Jews who refused to follow the laws of Nebuchadnezzar in the Bible. I was thinking while I was preparing today's show about the fact that when you had, during the campaign, I think it was still during the campaign before he was uh, brought into office, Joe Biden was asked to read from the scriptures. He, I mean, a simple, I think it was the 23rd Psalm, something from the Psalms. And he got up there on national television and said, Palm 23. I mean, that's what he thought the word Psalms was. Cause he's, so I'm going to guess if he didn't know how to pronounce Psalms, he certainly didn't know the story of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. He did not know the, uh, the Judeo-Christian roots of America. He did not know, as Martin Luther King did, the, the, uh, he knew in depth and deeply believed in the Bible. That's who Martin Luther King was. The anti-American Marxist left has no connection to the Judeo-Christian values upon which America was founded no connection to the idea that America was in fact rooted in the promises of freedom uh, in the Bible. And again, another quote from Martin Luther King, uh, the goal of America is freedom. 
I could read you many, many other quotes. There's two other others I want to quickly share with you uh, just to really honestly enjoy celebrating the real Martin Luther King and not the Martin Luther King the left would try to pretend exists. But Martin Luther King also said in talking about family, the group consisting of mother, father, and child is the main educational agency of mankind. Contrast that, contrast that with what the anti-American left is doing to public schools. If you watched our show last week on last Thursday, uh, we had a fabulous show last Thursday featuring the doc a documentary created by two filmmakers, husband and wife team filmmakers, who created, it was Amber and Mark Archer, created a film talking about what's actually taught in America's public schools. How the schools deliberately interfere with the parents teaching of their children about morality. The film is called The Mind Polluters. The founders of this film, the creators of the film, were talking about how the public schools work very hard to make sure kids are told, don't listen to your parents on the subject of morality. Don't listen to them about the subject of sexuality. Don't listen to them about the subject of whether you're a little boy or a little girl. The schools and the anti-American left that is, that is generating, that is motivating the problem the schools have today would never agree with a Martin Luther King statement, such as I just read. Again, Martin Luther King said, the group consisting of mother, father, and child is the main educational agency of mankind. He also talked about the need for love and love of all our neighbors. He had another great quote, which I'll see if I can find quickly in wrapping up the first five. I'm making the point in this first five. Nothing the anti-American left in America is doing today is in any way is in any way consistent with what Martin Luther King stood for. Today is a day to honor Martin Luther King, not to honor the anti-American left. And this is another, I know you know the quotes um, that about Martin Luther, the most famous one he had about someday he hopes his children will live in a nation where they'll not be judged by the color of their skin, but by the content of their character. And this one other quote in terms of how he wanted race relations to be, I have a dream that one day little black boys and girls will be holding hands with little white boys and girls, Martin Luther King Jr. That my friends is the real Martin Luther King and what we should all be honoring today on this Martin Luther King day. That my very fine friends is today's first five. So I'm gonna turn to America waking up or going extreme and I'm gonna just tell you, it is an amazing thing that these two polls came out at exactly the same time. These two polls came out at exactly the same time, and, and, and they seem inconsistent, but I'm going to tell you that they're not. One was, there was a major poll that just during this last year, and this is a Gallup poll. To be really clear, if you don't know about Gallup versus Rasmussen, Rasmussen is a conservative viewed as a conservative polling company, I think they have very high integrity. Rasmussen's one, Gallup is viewed to be more leftist. So here's a Gallup poll. In the one year since Biden has been president, a majority of Americans for the first time now identify as Republican, a massive 14% swing in one year, a 14% swing in one year once America had the chance to watch what Joe Biden will be doing to America, what the anti-American left is doing to America. And I'm telling you, these people making this switch over to the Republican Party, they all love to listen to the leftist kind of promise and ideology, we'll make everything fair and wonderful. And then they get a little reality check every time a Democrat is in power. They look at what's happening right now in Washington, D.C. They look at horrible mandates coming out, uh, unjustified mandates coming out of the uh, the uh, Biden administration. They look at the loss of Southern border. We've abandoned the border. We have uh, COVID mandates, COVID passport mandates. Uh, I mean, just uh, lunacy level uh, mandates about vaccines. And so, and, and just a, a tyrannical attitude. And as a minor little example of tyranny, I'll mention that in Washington, D.C., because you had Biden, you know, blithering, blathering away about whether or not, blithering is another word, blithering and blathering away uh, about wanting media companies not to allow Biden's term misinformation. What he's really telling uh, companies in America is don't give any voice, don't allow people who will not agree with the left-wing agenda, do not allow them to have a voice at all. Don't even allow them to have a voice. That is what Biden is telling America. So as a response, 
Who knows why what spineless people run DirecTV, but DirecTV announced in response to what Biden said, which is don't let anybody talk who doesn't agree with our left-wing talking points, DirecTV announced that they are going to no longer carry OANN, One America News Network, which is a relatively new news network, bringing conservative news. And OANN is going to be dropped by DirecTV. The answer of patriotic Americans should be, okay, in that case, let's drop DirecTV. It is so unclear, so bizarre to think someone as responsible and, I assume, educated and somewhat uh, literate in just modern political culture could arrive at the position of being a decision maker at DirecTV and instantly folds when Biden says, I don't really like these people who say things I don't agree with. That's what all Biden is saying. He's, he calls it misinformation, but he, all he's saying is, I, you know, like a, like a typical tyrant would, like a Pravda person would, saying, well, you know, we can't have these news networks out there covering stories that we, are, we don't want them to understand and know. That's all Biden is saying. So DirecTV says they're dropping OANM. Allow me to urge you and think about the idea that if you drop DirecTV and enough people drop DirecTV, they might rethink their uh, policy because I don't think they thought it through. They thought it was an easier thing to do to humor Biden than to stand up for free speech. But back to my point in this segment, talking about waking up or giving uh, I want to make one other point before I tell you the other polling. So I, I mentioned majority of Americans identifying as Republicans. And so there's a CBS study, CBS presentation talking about you know, uh, how could Biden be falling in favor? How could his polling numbers be so low? How could he be so bad? That was actually this, you know, kind of hand-wringing, how in the world could Biden be so unpopular? And so one thing he was viewed as extremely unpopular, in fact, the people who don't like Biden, 61% pointed as a reason that they are upset with him that he is promoting vaccine mandates. I'm telling you, this tyranny out of Washington, this vaccine mandate crazy out of Washington is helping more Americans wake up. It is helping more Americans wake up and say, you know what, actually, I don't want America to become a third world dictator company, country. I don't want America to become a Marxist country that the government controls what the media can say. I don't want this to become a third world Marxist Leninist, communist country where the government can tell people whether or not they can leave their homes based on a vaccine that, allow me to remind you for the thousandth time, vaccines which are now proven, these are talking about COVID vaccines, the best, the longest lasting of these vaccines, the companies have announced, the vaccines are effective for about six months. So this would mean to comply with this every six months, what, for the rest of your life, you're gonna get another vaccine, another boost, another vaccine. So the vaccine companies are admitting that their vaccine is only helpful for six months. More and more people are learning about effective treatments. You don't need to get the vaccine at all. One of the vaccine companies has said, actually, we can only really say our vaccine's effective for two months. And turns out effective does not mean you won't get sick. Unlike all other vaccines in American history, doesn't mean you're not going to get sick. You can get COVID, you can spread COVID, you can die from COVID, you can get hospitalized with COVID, and you've had the vaccine, and everyone's supposed to just roll along. And more people are saying, wait a minute, I don't think so. There's something wrong with this. There's something really wrong with this. So the people, even at CBS, trying to figure out why Biden could be so unpopular, didn't want to acknowledge that's one of the main reasons. A lot of commentary out there, I want to urge you to think about it yourself and read it yourself. Why, why is this government and governments around the world pushing these vaccines when everyone can see all the data's out there, they're not effective? And given still the 99.8% survival rate of most people from COVID, why are we even talking about this? Why are we even talking about mandating vaccines for a disease that pretty much everyone except the feeble, the very senior and those of serious pre-existing conditions, those people are at risk from this, from this uh, virus, but most of the world is not at risk of death. They may not like being sick, but they're not at the risk of death. And yet you have this hysteria, hysterical push for the vaccines. You probably saw the country of Austria announce 
Austria is going to full vaccine mandate for everybody, no exceptions. Huge, huge protests outside of the capital in Austria and Vienna just saying, what are you even doing? Uh, what are you even thinking about that? So that's one side of the, I say America is waking up, but I did call the segment Mara waking up versus going extreme. So waking up, the, the America is saying, you know, I don't like Biden. I don't like these mandates. I don't, and, you know, they're returning Republican. Like, a, a, it's been a long time. I think maybe since 1991, I looked it up earlier. I think since 1991 that there has been a, um, uh, there has been a uh, time when Republicans actually polled as the majority registered over Democrats. I mean, and I'm telling you, it is because people finally see, again, they finally see the anti-American left. They really mean what they say. They will take away your freedom. They will shut down your life. They will mandate things they have no business mandating. And, and, and people aren't too crazy about the idea they don't enforce the border anymore. All sorts of other issues that people are very bothered by with the Biden administration. But the, their treatment of COVID, their assumptions about COVID are, are, are unbelievable. And then the other thing I think is helping people wake up to recognize that the anti-American left, formerly known as the Democrat Party, now the anti-American Marxist left, where their head is, is that they now have power in Washington. They got the White House, and by the skin of their teeth, they have the House, and they only have the Senate if every single Democrat stays in line. And right now, thank God, uh, two senators, Cinema and Manchin, are protecting America from this just tyrannical assault of the American left. But the other thing I think is helping people realize how just crazed for power the anti-American left is, is that the reason they're all hung up in Washington now about getting a bill through and being bothered by the filibuster rule is that the Democrats still want to try to push through a bill that would permanently embed voter fraud tactics, mandate voter fraud tactics in every state. It's a permanent Democrat control of America forever bill. They don't call it that, of course. They use some happy talk name. It was first for the people, and then it was the John Lewis Civil Rights Bill. But Americans are paying attention. The more informed you are, the more aware you are of the news, the more you stay on top of news, you realize you're really seeing the uh, just the brutality of the anti-American left. They, see, they think they have power right now. They're holding the reins of power in Washington almost. And their biggest goal is to pass a bill that would permanently prevent fair elections for the rest of America. That's what they're trying to do, and people are waking up to it. Now, the other, I, I said this in the segment, we had two, uh, two kind of contrasting things. It is also true at the same time when for the first time in many years, you've actually had a Republican majority in terms of what percentage of Americans are enrolled with a political party, the majority of Americans are enrolled as Republicans, which is huge, huge. Hasn't happened. I mean, it's, it is the biggest shift ever in party affiliation since they began taking polls. That is known. Biggest shift in party affiliation in a short time, in this one-year period, that ever has happened. But it's also true that this, this uh, shifting to Republican majority registration uh, is, is the biggest it has been, the, the majority the Republicans have since, I think, it's 1991. Now, contrast that with uh, what a poll is showing. Uh, a poll was done, and this was a poll by Rasmussen, I'm pretty sure. Yeah, Rasmussen. Uh, this is a poll that is talking to people who are Democrats, polling only Democrats, and asking them, what do you think is justified for the government to do to people who won't get the vaccine? Uh, people, this should, what I'm about to tell you, should keep you awake at night. It should make you so concerned and anxious and, and uh, but more than anything else, determined to jump in and get involved politically. Because what this poll found, this is Democrats, and, and I'm telling you that the, all the, what I, I'm telling you right now and all the stories we talk about in the show, they're always available at our website, americacanwetalk.org, americacanwetalk.org. Go to that website, you can read every story I link from, you can read our blogs, you can see past shows, past interviews. I urge you to go to that website, especially if you're listening to this show on radio. We're so happy we're on Brady and Radio right now. We're grateful that Brady and Radio picked up this show. We're going to make it. We're uh, just so grateful to have all you listeners on board with us. And I want to urge you to go to AmericaCanWeTalk.org. But this poll I'm about to tell you, the caption, this one story was about this poll, 
is calling them communist Democrats. You might say, okay, let's not throw on the word communist, you know, too freely. Allow me to tell you, it's unbelievable. There was a poll, and again, this is Rasmussen. So, you know, Rasmussen is usually uh, con more conservative, but they polled just Democrats to basically say, what should the government be allowed to do to punish people who don't want the completely ineffective COVID vaccine? 45% of Democrats, 45% of Democrats favor the government forcing unvaccinated people into federal quarantine camps if they refuse the COVID-19 vaccine. Now, please, please picture this. Please picture this. This is a kind of thing that, you know, people make analogies to Hitler and nobody likes it, but the government's saying you have to get a vaccine, which as we've been over a thousand times on this show, ineffective, doesn't stop the, fed of, doesn't stop the spread of COVID. People who are vaccine, vaccinated can still spread COVID to others, can still get COVID, they still die of COVID. It is not a vaccine in any rational definition. But yet, because people have been driven into, into panic mode by the government's intentional, intentional propaganda about COVID, 45% of Democrats favor the government forcing unvaccinated people into federal quarantine camps if they refuse the vaccine. Nearly half, 48% of Democrats think that the federal and state governments should be able to fine or imprison individuals and listen to this, who publicly question the efficacy of the existing COVID-19 vaccines on social media, television, radio, or online or digital publications. So this show right here, you're listening to these people. This is claiming 48% of Democrats would say that a talk show like mine, where I'm just telling you facts, I am not a doctor. I, I don't pretend to be a doctor. I read studies and data produced by doctors, produced by uh, institutions of just uh, unequivocal uh, repute, institutions around the world that are medical authorities, do studies, they report information, doctors report. That's what I report to you. And this poll is saying nearly half of Democrats say that anyone on air, basically, anyone on social media, TV, radio, or podcast, blah, 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 should be able should be fined or imprisoned if we publicly question the efficacy of the existing vaccines when everyone pays, paying attention understands they are problematic. Okay, 47% of Democrats favor a government tracking system. Ankle monitors are locked collars for those who don't get the vaccine to be monitored like a criminal uh, 29%, listen to this one, 29% of Democrats say vo uh, voters should they support forcibly removing children from the custody of unvaccinated parents. People, the, f the people who have succumbed to the fear that the left is pushing, the people that succumb to that fear, they're out of their minds. They have lost their capacity for rational thinking. That's actually what they're saying. Read this study on my website. Do not doubt me. Okay, one other quick thing I'm going to throw in before. Very soon, our Brightian Radio listeners are going to their bottom of the hour break. We still have a little bit of time. Uh, I'm going to tease and tell you after the break, I want to tell you about uh, Senator Tom Cotton did the all-time funniest thing. Uh, I'm good, uh, on the subject of the filibuster, I'm going to get back to that after the break, so don't go away. And also, those on Brady and Radio, I want you to listen. I want, I want to tell you, um, I want to encourage you, if you're listening to this show, how you can uh, support this show if you'd like to. Number one, you can go to our website, americacanwetalk.org, americacanwetalk.org. You can make donations there. You can join $50 a year, join, be a member, get all sorts of benefits. You can also order things from my pillow. I have, I have a, a promo code for myself, for my show. My promo code is Debbie G. So if you go to mypillow.com, order any of their great products, get up to 66% off, and you put in the promo code Debbie G. D-E-B-B-I-E-G, put that in, you get a discount, I get a small percentage, you get great products straight to your home, and you get to help support this show. So Brody on Radio listeners, I'll be right back after the break. Okay, for those of you online listening, I have a special little treat I wanted to share with you um, because we have our little three minute break with our, our radio listeners. This is a story, you know, I honestly, I get really um, emotionally drawn in on the subject of race relations in this country. I, I feel 
deeply passionate about the idea of racial equality. And I truly, I deplore actual racism. I deplore what the left is doing to this country. I, I, I completely stand with Martin Luther King and the idea of overcoming segregation and discrimination and the equality and brotherhood of all men. I think he's exactly right. It's what the Bible teaches. It's what America is founded on. And that is the American standard that we don't judge other people, anyone by the color of their skin. However, what the left is doing now, the critical race theory advocates are doing, is urging race as the entire justification for every policy they push. Race is the basis they use to divide America to gain political power. So here's a little picture of the real, uh, real America. I sent to Mr. Becker a little clip. This actually happened. Okay, these two people, that's a great clip. See those two people? I sent a video, uh, and Mr. Becker, I sent a video, I want a quick show. Look at this video, I'll tell you the story afterwards. This is a Kroger, this guy running out has just, just stolen a purse from someone, and this other guy's pursuing him. Okay, so they're in a Kroger parking lot in Ohio. The guy pinned to the ground now has stolen a purse from an old lady, tries to run out. This guy who's now stomping on him in the parking lot, a little bit violent there, but he's trying to stop the guy from getting away. Other Kroger customers come running out, grab the lady's purse, and this guy who got a hold of this bad guy, got a hold of this uh, person who, is, was, uh, <laughs> who stole this lady's purse, well, you, you can cut it off there, um, Mr. Becker. I'll tell you what happened very briefly. Great, great, great story. So in this little town in Ohio, this woman, 87 years old, is in the grocery store checking out the Kroger, and someone in the checkout line ran by and grabbed her purse, and she, you know, she's, yeah, hey, you stole my purse, uh, a customer. So she's an older 87-year-old white lady, a customer there who you saw chasing down uh, the bad guy um, was, a, um, was a dad named... Um, uh, is a 27-year-old dad named Deshaun Presley who saw what happened. He goes running out in the parking lot, tackles the guy, gets her purse. Even better, he's holding the guy down. Pretty soon, more Kroger customers surrounding them in the parking lot, forcing the guy, the, the bad guy, the criminal, to apologize to this woman. Uh, and then afterward, we're up on our break, put the picture back up of them hugging. The mayor in that town held and gave the guy you see on the right is holding a plaque. He got an award for being a, a good citizen, hugging the lady who was the victim of the purse snatching. This, my friends, is a picture of the real America, not the America the left tries to paint. That's beautiful. And now That's we absolutely are. beautiful. Welcome back to our Brighton listeners uh, who are back with us, I do hope. Um, and I'll tell you what I told them on the break was a story involving um, a uh, young, uh, young black man in Ohio who um, chased down a purse snatcher from a grocery store. It's just the sweetest story. And the older lady whose purse was stolen, 87 years old, uh, she's all huggy with him. She's all happy because she got her purse back and the mayor in that town gave an award and it was a really beautiful thing. Okay. In this last segment today, I'm going to talk about, I said, Virginia shows what leadership looks like. And this is, I want to tell you what's happening in the gray state of Virginia. But before I get to that, I have to tell you about Senator Tom Cotton, who was, did, did the single most hilarious thing, like almost even imaginable, just the single most hilarious thing imaginable. So, you know, there's a big battle in Washington right now in the U.S. Senate about whether or not to eliminate the, um, the uh, filibuster. And so right now, because the Democrats desperately want, and you have to picture how important this is to the Democrats, if they can get this one bill through that will allow permanent election theft, permanent Democrat control of America for the rest of time, that's what the Democrats will accomplish with this bill. This is why they want it so desperately. And they want to eliminate the filibuster rule because then they can pass this permanent election theft bill, this just unspeakable evil, what they're trying to do, because the Democrats, they're not using these words, and they talk to you, the American people. They're saying, oh, this is about voting rights, voter rights legislation. It is not about voter rights. It's about permanent theft, permanent fraud embedded, cemented into the American election system, and they know it. So Senator Tom Cotton went on the floor to make a speech about why the filibuster rule was so important. So he, obviously Republican, he's going on and on about why the filibuster is so important. And he had great little clips, you know, talk all these really eloquent points to make about the virtues and protection the filibuster rule provides uh, to democracy, to fairness, to fair representation, blah, 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 blah. 
Well, anyway, so the Democrats are mad, of course, because he's making eloquent and important points about the filibuster, and the Democrats don't like that at all. But what's really funny, and why this is just the best ever, I mean, you could almost call it a stunt, except what it actually was, was just at, you know, peeling back the, uh, you know, the shades of lies, the layers of lies that the left always is, is uh, the web they're always weaving. Senator Scott's entire anti-filibuster, or pro-filibuster speech, his speech in support of the filibuster rule, against ending the filibuster rule, he took the words of his speech from the previous, a previous speech given by the Democrat, now majority leader in the Senate, Chuck Schumer. I, I mean, the irony is, is just, I mean, it's, it's hilarious. It, it's irony beyond words. Chuck Schumer, when he saw it to be of his benefit, when he went on the floor to say, you know, how deeply important the filibuster rule is and we can't get rid of this, this protects democracy, it protects America. He went on and on and on. So when Senator Cotton gets up, you know, decades later, not even decades, uh, ten, I think a decade later, he's taking exactly Schumer's word. It is the most, if you ever want an example of how profoundly hypocritical, how profoundly dishonest the American Democrat Party is, recognize what Senator Cotton did in that little stunt, that little speech was to really highlight for all of America paying attention that Senator Schumer never means what he's saying. Senator Schumer is an opportunist. He is a left-wing power-grabbing, uh, you know, he, he's like all the American left is. He's just a power-grabber. So I, I just love, Tom Cotton did that, didn't say till afterwards that, by the way, everything I just said that the, the left is complaining about, those are actually the words of Chuck Schumer. I, I mean, you just got to love it. Okay. So the last thing, though, that really wasn't what um, I wanted to do. I, I want to hit that in this segment. I want to talk about what happened in Virginia. So in Virginia, you likely know, they had a what was viewed by many as a massive, massive upset election. Or, or and if you are conservative, you say they had a great election because they finally got uh, some conservative leadership back in that state. You know, Virginia used to be a reliable red state, reliable Republican state. Uh, it's gone Democrat as more uh, left-wingers move out of Washington and want to live in Northern Virginia, so the Northern Virginia suburbs get all liberal. But anyway, they had great elections. And so why I want to talk about this today is because what the leaders of Virginia are doing is exactly what Republicans should do the moment they have the power to do it. What the Republican leaders in Virginia are doing, instead of defaulting into it, it seems like conservatives always do. Conservatives win a seat, they win a governorship, they win a majority, and then they instantly set about, okay, well, let's negotiate with the Democrats. Let's see if we can all come to unity. No. The Democrats in this country never do that. You must understand, when the Democrats get power in any legislative body, most especially in Washington, D.C., when they get power, their entire goal is to get every single aspect, every single um, point they want to make, as much as they can get, of their agenda done in the first year, if they can, or two years, because they know once the American people again realize how radical left they are, radically left they are, they want to pull back and say, never mind, we don't want you. As Obama did, as you likely know, in his first two years of his presidency, first term, first two years, is when he put through socialized medicine. Because he could see, he could read the tea leaves. He knew that he was not going to have the majority House and Senate anymore after the midterms of 2010. So Obama gets in, he does the most radical leftist thing that leftists in his time began, always do, which is seize control of the healthcare system. This is what Obama did in 2008. Now fast forward to where we are in Virginia. So in Virginia, to start with, the new governor is named Glenn Yonkin, and I will confess, when he won, I, I had more than one show where I was kind of warning you, I'm not sure he's the real deal. Some reason to question if he's a real conservative. But you know what? He hit the ground running. So this, the, to start with, Governor Glenn Yonkin, there's also Lieutenant Governor Winston Sears, and also the Attorney General, Jason Mayaris. All three Republicans, all three jumping in, day one saying, you know what? We're taking our state back. We're getting rid of these crazy 
uh, irresponsible, dangerous leftist policies were restoring what America is and what and in Virginia, what Virginia is supposed to be. So you had Governor uh, Glenn Yonkin uh, of Virginia uh, moving fast on the very, very first day, took office at noon on Saturday, and uh, they went to number one, ending the mask mandate in Virginia schools. So the order delivers on his day one promise to empower Virginia parents in their children's education upbringing by allowing parents to make decisions on whether their child wears a mask at school. Huge seizing power, taking back what the left is, has done. Huge. And right away, not waiting to negotiate and, and confer with the school boards and confer with the legislature. This, is, this just had to be done. I, I love that. Um, I'll tell you, I'm going to hit some more with, uh, that the governor did in just a moment, uh, Governor Yonkin. But I also want to give great praise to Virginia Attorney General Jason Mayaris. Again, first day, gets on board as, as, as the new newly elected Republican Virginia Attorney General. And he cleaned house at their Department of Justice, their Office of Civil Rights. He essentially fired the attorneys who work at the state level Office of Civil Rights. And before you panic, before you panic, let me say this. Civil rights, that term, is a wonderful word. It's a wonderful term in its real and genuine meaning. Civil rights as in equality for all, as in preventing discrimination, as in providing opportunities and, and vehicles or pathways to oppose discrimination, to end it, to correct it. Civil rights means equality of opportunity to work and to vote. All those things are good definitions of civil rights. But the anti-American leftist Marxist attitude has so overtaken what used to be considered rational uh, assessment of civil rights, it's become an office that simply pushes the social justice warrior SJW agenda. Office of Civil Rights, even though these are attorneys, you think, well, they're defined by law, their jobs are defined by law, what they can do is limited by law. Oh, no, no. And, and same in the federal government, in the federal Department of Justice, the Civil Rights Division, very left-wing, filled with left-wingers, and there is mountains of wiggle room. There will always be mountains of wiggle room in the interpretation of federal laws, state laws, federal regulations, state regulations, to allow someone with a nefarious, anti-American, big government, uh, social justice warrior mentality to go after who they want to go after and forgive who they want to forgive. So, Mayaris actually essentially eliminated the Office of Civil Rights. Not saying he won't have an Office of Civil Rights, but he's going to, I assume, fill it with lawyers who actually neutrally apply the law, you know, as in blind justice, as in what America stands for. But this was a bold move. It was a great move. It's what I hope, if there are a new Republican president in 2024 in Washington, love to have them clean out the Department of Justice Civil Rights Division and, frankly, a lot more offices of the, Civil Rights Div of the Department of Justice. We need bold leadership on the conservative side. We've had America chipped away at and chipped away at and chipped away at the incremental changes. The left, you know, that, that expression, the long march to the institutions, the left has been taking down America for decades for decades, that long march through the institutions term that was used to describe how cultural Marxism would take down America. It's been happening, and it's been happening incrementally, meaning slowly, little by little, and we get lured into agreeing, well, that's not such a bad change. That could be okay. And now we find ourselves where we are. So these kind of bold leadership moves out of the, Virginia, the new leaders of Virginia, God bless them. Another huge thing that Mayaris did and I want to also just, just praise this in, in particular example of leadership. He also announced he will prosecute criminal cases in jurisdictions in which Soros district attorneys decline to prosecute. And I want to explain that. You maybe many of you know this, but George Soros, the nefarious, you know, international communist uh, funder, I mean, a gazillionaire, I don't even know what his net worth is in the, in the trillions, but or in billions, whatever. George Soros is, has a long-term mission of taking down freedom, most definitely taking down America, and the idea, he's very much of the new world order, you know, one world order, socialist control of the world, can't have these pesky nation states believing in individual principles and ideas. So Soros, 
on his long time, lifelong quest to destroy freedom, destroy America, destroy free markets, destroy Christianity, destroy faith. One thing he did, I mean, talk about someone who's chipped away at America. He has funded the campaigns for district attorneys around the country who will agree to enforce, for not the, lack of a better term, like Soros law, meaning they will decide which cases to prosecute and which to not. And so this is why we have lawless jurisdictions around the country. We have rising crime rates. We have problematic district attorneys who will not prosecute. Uh, they always say, well, it's just low-level crime. No longer going to prosecute if it's only, you know, I mean, if it's just a little theft of under a certain amount of money, $750, $1,000, we're not going to prosecute. So we have the abandonment of the rule of law by these Soros-funded district attorneys. And in Virginia, I, I saw a list someplace that they had like three that he could point to, that he could point to saying, you know, actually, these are all district attorneys who won by getting Soros funding. And um, we, we're not going to have that. You know, we're not going to just let them abandon the law because they're really abandoning the people in their jurisdiction, in their counties, who uh, are counting on them to protect, the, protect them. So he's saying if they don't prosecute, his office will. Great, great, great thing. Uh, back to Governor Yonkin. Uh, he's talking about we are going to eliminate critical race theory in public education. God bless him. Going after that, not to have any more of this. Um, you know, uh, critical race theory. And, and, and another great thing that Winston Sears weighed in, Lieutenant Governor Winston Sears, who's been on this show a couple of times, wonderful, uh, I mean, just a fabulous candidate and elected official. And she has weighed in to say, and don't start telling me that it's some school districts try to say, oh, yeah, yeah, we got rid of critical race theory. And she knows exactly what it is and how it is insidiously worked into the school system. She's saying, uh, no, you're not going to get away with just checking the box. Okay, we promise no more critical race theory. She's saying, no, we're going to find it. We're going to find out uh, and weed it out in the ways, ways you have tried to weave it into this, the curriculum uh, without us knowing it. Other big actions that, that were taken by uh, Governor Yonkin. Um, he's actually talking about removing more than just critical race theory, but divisive concepts uh, from public education. Uh, maths are optional. I mentioned that one. Uh, he's also, they had this amazing thing going on with the parole board in Virginia, where the parole board, the parole board is supposed to confer with the district attorneys and others before they grant parole to people who are in prison and the parole board has apparently been out of control not conferring with and, and they're also supposed to notify the victims of people who you know are in prison notify the victim's family and say hey you know i know the guy you know he, he killed your family member or he raped you and he's about to get out they, they stopped doing that stopped conferring with families stopped conferring with da's just started letting people out of jail sounds very soros like and that was another order by governor yonkin very early on just saying we're going to restore integrity and confidence in the parole board um so this is a really great thing um He's ordered uh, this big thing that happened in Loudoun County that we talk about in the show a great deal where Loudoun County public schools went all woke and decided they were going to humor anatomical boys who claim they identify as girls, but they're still anatomically, biologically guys. Let these boys use the girls' facilities, restrooms and showers and such, uh, because they claim they identify as girls. So they had naturally, unshockingly, they had a boy uh, who claims he identifies as a girl who had sexually assaulted a girl in the girl's locker room, a girl's restroom. He's allowed to be in there because he's, you know, claims he's a girl. He's a guy, sexually assaults her, and the school tried to cover it up. School tried to pretend it didn't happen and tamped down and tried to silence the dad of this girl and tell her she really shouldn't be talking about that. Don't go there. Another thing Yonkin is doing is saying we're having an investigation uh, into Loudoun County Public Schools and how did their office manage to handle the whole case so wrongly. Um, so uh, the other thing, let me see, uh, other things he did, he had 11, Yonkin had 11 executive orders very first day. 
Um, he's also trying to work very hard on, on helping businesses come back. He's saying he wants to declare Virginia open for business, myriad of businesses throughout the Commonwealth impacted by the pandemic, some closing doors. Uh, he wants to say, say, he's actually saying we're gonna challenge this idea of a permanent standard for uh, infectious disease prevention of SARS-CoV-19. Basically saying, we're not going to necessarily agree that in Virginia, going forward for all the rest of time, because COVID happened, that every single year from now on, we're going to have rules that are promulgated based on the fact that we had COVID in 2021 to 2022. Um, he's also trying to prevent human trafficking, uh, support, uh, to provide support to survivors. Um, He's going to establish a commission to combat anti-Semitism. Uh, he, so he's just, he's basically going after everything the left has ignored or the left has actually caused. And this is a great thing. And this is what leadership requires in America today. And I, I, only, I only have, I guess, a few more minutes before we have our happy listeners on Brightian Radio. Um, I do want to tell you, if you're listening on Brightian Radio, and you haven't heard my show before, uh, I, when you, people are watching online, they see me, they see my name and my show name. So I'm going to tell you again, for our listeners on Bradian Radio, my name is Debbie Georgiatis. My show is America Can We Talk, and our website is americacanwetalk.org. For our listeners on Bradian, I urge you to go to our website. You can do several things. You can subscribe to our once-weekly newsletter, hit, hit subscribe, Take your email, and we'll never share that list. We, I do an email once a week telling you about the shows. I do at the end of the week about the previous week's shows. Uh, so it's a once a week email you can use to catch up on the show on the weekend or share with friends. Also on our website, you can join America Can We Talk. It's $50 a year, five zero a year, and uh, it's just intended to be a low enough price so everyone can afford to join. Love to have you do it. It's how this show gets funded. My show is funded by listener. I always say listener-supported show. It's all about, and the show America Can We Talk is all about saving America, all about standing up for America. And on radio, if you're listening, you can, you can check out the show. Check out me, my past shows, my interviews, our blog posts, our very popular Why It Matters uh, little section of the show. For our Brady on radio listeners, I do the Why It Matters uh, after you're off air. You go off at like, uh, you know, 57 minutes and, or three minutes for the uh, top of the hour. And that's when I do my Why It Matters. But I want to urge you to um, go. You can read the Why It Matters. I also want to tell you about how my show is supported. I mentioned earlier my pillow, And I want to tell you again, my pillow. I would never recommend them if I hadn't tried the product myself. So whether it is pillows, bathrobes, heavenly bathrobes, wonderful comfortable slippers uh, for my husband and myself, slippers, bathrobes, towels, really high quality towels. Uh, they have fast delivery. They have wonderful choices, all high quality products. You can go to mypillow.com and you get, if you look through their, all of their catalog, whatever they have uh, listed on the website, uh, and they have many, many products. Some I haven't tried yet, but I will. Uh, but go to MyPillow.com and you can use the promo code DEBBIEG, D-E-B-B-I-E-G, get up to 60% off and you get a great sales price. You get great quality products. And I get a small percentage, which helps keep this show on air because I do this show out of love of America. I have never been paid to do this show. I do it out of love of America. And I would so appreciate your support if you'd like to support this show. Another great thing you can do to support this show is that I, I am the only other product I ever urge people to consider buying. And I love it. I love it. It's a product called H2Bev, and I believe Mr. Becker has a little, yeah, it's called HydroShot. If you're on, listening on radio, the product is called HydroShot, and you can go to it, find this uh, online at h2bev.com. The, the letter H, the numeral 2, then Bev, B-E-V is in Victor, short for beverage, h2bev.com. And this HydroShot stuff only sold uh, online, not sold in the stores, can't find it anywhere. I got it ordered online. An H2Bev is a nitric oxide boost. It actually increases performance, endurance, focus. It has, it's um, hydrogen infused, meaning the hydrogen, they have a special process, no one else has it. Hydrogen infused beverage. It is a, uh, it, it, I mean, I drink one in the morning, 
before I even have my coffee, one in the morning, wait about 20 minutes. I'm telling you, it increases focus. It's a great health product. And it is a, um, and I, I, I tried it just because I met the people or I or was connected with the people. And I truly, I love it. I've worn every morning, uh, very, only a little bit of caffeine in there. Is it not caffeine free, but only very little bit, no calories, three flavors. And um, I can tell you that there are professional athletes who are into this and drink it. So I urge you to go to h2bev.com and just like with my pillow on h2bev.com, order a case, have it come to your house and use the promo code Debbie G. Again, D-E-B-B-I-E-G, that's for me, Debbie G. And order HydroShot, I can't urge you strong enough to try it, you'll love it. And, and I think you'll love it. And uh, they are, it comes right to your house very quickly. And um, I love it. I'll always have it. So back to, we're about to have our um, listeners on Brighton Radio go off. And I want to tell you a few more things about America Can We Talk. Last year, I hosted a summit. In fact, last two years, I've hosted a summit. The summit, I always call it the Women for Freedom Summit. But the summit is for everyone, men and women. And the speakers are men and women. We've had fabulous, wonderful speakers at both of our summits both his most recent one in 2021 was in September here at this Hilton, which is where I, an office building in Dallas where I do my show. Uh, the previous year before that, we had a different location. We had South Fork Ranch. But this year, mark your calendar now, this year, September, we're going to have October 15th. October 15th. If you want to just mark that in your calendar and watch our website at americacanwetalk.org or sign up for a newsletter and you get more information about this summit. You I guarantee you'll love the summit, you'll love the speakers, you'll love being here and being part of the America Can We Talk team. I love having these summits because I love talking to you about saving America. My entire point in doing this show, America Can We Talk, is to speak up and stand up for America, the most extraordinary gift to human liberty ever to bless this earth. Goodbye for now to Broadband Radio listeners. And to the rest of you, for our end of our show, as I do every week, I tell you why the stories we talked about today matter to you. So we started our day talking about Michael Martin Luther King was conservative. Yes, he was. Martin Luther King Jr. had the right ideas about race relations, judged on the content of character, not color of skin. His wish was for little black boys and girls holding hands and playing with little white boys and girls. He actually said that. Martin Luther King had the right idea about the importance of intact families, married father, mother and child, the most important building block of a stable society. As he, as I read to you earlier, the best means for passing along values from one generation to the next. Martin Luther King was crystal clear on the divine nature of America's founding ideals. He understood the institution of slavery as a, as a flaw of people, not of America's ideals. Huge distinction, huge. He saw slavery as a flaw of the people who wrote the, who allowed it in America's beginning, but not of America's ideals. Martin Luther King was inspired by the gospel of Christ, the gospel of freedom. Democrats of 2022 never speak of the gospels. Martin Luther King was a conservative. And America waking up or going extreme, why it matters. Recent poll reports a majority of Americans now identify as Republican. Same poll identified the largest one-year shift in political affiliation in polling history. Same poll shows one prime reason for the shift, Biden's insistence on vaccine mandates. Yet polls show at the same time, 45% of Democrats support quarantine or confinement for unvaccinated Americans. This is a product of relentless fear porn. Too many Americans still paralyzed by fear and blocked from common sense and frankly, blocked from the facts. The awakening is going on, is going to win. Hypocrisy of the left impels the awakening at many levels. Senator Tom Cotton defends a filibuster with a speech full of quotes from Chuck Schumer. I just love that one. DirecTV, cancelers of OAN for no reason except obedience to tyranny need to feel the consequences. Stop being a customer of DirecTV. And race and the real America, why it matters to you. Young black man in Kroger's in Ohio Witnesses purse snatching from an 87-year-old woman by a white man, chases a thief down, pins a thief down until the police arrive, crowd forms, demands the thief apologize. So we used to love this story to the woman. Young black man hail as a hero. This is a real America. 
These are the actions of young men defined by character, not skin color. This would never be the product of teaching CRT. It is a product of the culture that springs from American ideals. And finally, Virginia shows what leadership looks like. New Virginia Governor Glenn Youngkin starts with a flourish, 11 executive orders, implementing an agenda his voters desired. The new Virginia AG fires the entire civil rights division, not to abolish civil rights, but to reestablish civil rights on the basis of the Constitution and the Bill of Rights, not CRT and radical leftism. Soros-funded elected prosecutors will be superseded by the Attorney General, if needed, to fight crime. New VA uh, Lieutenant Governor Winsome Sears, we love her, goes directly after CRT in public schools, will not be lied to about whether it's being taught. This is a good start at what conservative leadership must look like in 2022 and beyond. Not about meeting halfway with the radical left, it's about sweeping away the poison of radical leftism. And that, my very fine friends, is America Can We Talk for today. Thank you so much for tuning in to America Can We Talk every Monday through Thursday at 3 p.m. Central Time, where I always talk truth about America because America matters. And I'll talk to you next time. America, can we talk truth about America? <laughs>